0: dark matter is needed to hold galaxies together your mind is a galaxy more dark than light but the light makes it worthwhile the interplanetary podcast the exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind your hosts here in london matthew russell and jamie franklin (laughs)
1: <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh yeah, baby. Matt Haig. Am Matt I pronouncing it right? I've no idea. Who is Matt Haig? Matt
0: Haig is a legend. Is he? <laughs> oh, well, I need to learn more about him. So basically, last night, Matt, when you said, do you want to do a podcast tomorrow about Dark Matter? And I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. So I'll find a quote typed into the search engine, Dark Matter quotes. And this is the one that made me feel, I feel all right about the universe now. And I feel all right about Dark
1: Matter. I like your quote. Um, you, You may have noticed I wrote a limerick about dark matter. I think it's a good one to start the show with. Ready for this? Ready. Dark matter, mysterious and deep, does secrets in the cosmos keep. Much more than meets the eye, more than all that dance the sky. Dark matter riddles, astronomer don't sleep. What do you think? That is beautiful. Yeah. Did you write that, Matthew? Last night, uh, in preparation for this show.
0: Well, I've just looked up who Matt Haig is, and he's an English author and journalist. He's written both fiction and non-fiction books for children and adults, often
1: uh, in the speculative fiction genre. Oh, nice. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Dark Matter in fiction. As you can tell by the title of the podcast, we're going to delve into Dark Matter Uh, Because um, it was part of, um, I I was recently again invited to be the host for ESA's Euclid launch, and of course that's trying to uh, delve into the depths of dark matter. Shout out to the ESA posse who were absolutely amazing. I will do a proper deep dive on that Euclid mission shortly, but I want to line up all the people that I talked to for some good interviews because they were all legends, and it was I can't I can't tell you what a privilege it was to sit with people watching decades of work launch on a spacex rocket it was just amazing you were literally standing on the shoulders of giants i was sitting next to the shoulders of giants intellectual giants i mean they were right next to you mm-hmm were any but- of them tall like giants are no, all about
0: average height yeah lovely people though. not average in any other way is uh, that how you speak about me matt like oh yeah jamie yeah he might be average height but that's that's where average ends. Like, are
1: you average height, Jamie?
0: <laughs> Why did I set that up for you? Yeah. Uh, I think you might be average height globally. Yeah, five maybe. foot seven and a half. I'm going to type that in. Is that average? The half is very important. I think it's six foot. I told you. One of my best days, didn't I, ever when I came back from Japan and I went into a lift and there were six adult Japanese men and I was taller than all of them and I
1: I strutted out like a peacock let's not let's not drag this into an international competition of who's the tallest. No tell me matter. tell me a little bit about dark matter Jamie. I I guess before we start this is dark matter not dark energy and the the, the two shouldn't be confused. Now, here's so
0: you dropped this on me quite late last night. Mm-hmm. So I only mm-hmm. had two YouTube videos to watch to refresh my memory. <laughs> but here we go. Here's yeah. my basic understanding. So that all of the matter that we know in the universe so you know rocks planets this table that i'm sitting on that makes up what about five percent of everything in the universe and then coming in at around 20 just over 26 percent is dark matter and the rest is dark energy and isn't it interesting that whilst we don't know anything about what it is it's here. We know it's here. It's going through us because it doesn't actually interact with regular matter. That's what makes it very difficult, right? Um, but we know it's, we know it has to be there because of the way that it um, the way it reacts
1: with with other forces. So, do you want to chat about that? Yeah, it's dark, isn't it? And the the, the word dark doesn't mean that it's kind of black. It means that you can't see it because all the tools that we ever use to, to see things, to actually analyse things, they all use electromagnetism. So, you know, you look at something and that's photons bouncing off it and we're measuring it with our eyeballs that measure photons. And then, or if you touch it, that's electromagnetism as well. The thing that stops my cup of tea falling through my table is electromag is the electromagnetic force. Whereas if my teacup was made from dark matter, it would literally just fall through the table, because it, it wouldn't inter it wouldn't interact with the table in that way. So the reality that we live in is really the noisy data that our brain pretends is a table, but it doesn't really look like that. Our brain is kind of making it all up, sort of. I mean, obviously it, it relates to the table is solid. But it's not actually solid. It's mostly gap. It's, you know, like we have said before, haven't we? If the if the if the proton in the center of a hydrogen atom was a football, then the electrons would be whizzing around outside of the stadium. So most of it is just gap.
0: <laughs>
1: Except in a neutron star where it's all all the neutrons are actually right next to each other, all packed together, like filling a football stadium full of footballs. So enough. It's amazing, yeah. Black Mm. holes, galaxies—you
0: know, background radiation. The stars at the edge of a galaxy
1: wouldn't orbit in the same way if there wasn't dark matter. That's the biggest evidence for it. There's something massively going on, yeah. So, as you go further away from your from from the central kind of mass of an object, uh, you, you have you can you have to orbit slower. Um, if, if you're going too fast, then you'll just whiz off. So Mercury goes very fast, Earth goes a little bit slower, and Jupiter goes slower still, right? And it's uh, and you'd expect to see this kind of tailing off, but instead, the speeds remain flat. So, so that's like the biggest evidence that there's more mass. If we took took the history of all this, um, it's it started in 1884 with Lord Kelvin aka william thompson obviously kelvin's more famous for things like temp his work in temperature <laughs> yeah uh, but but he he kind of um estimated that there's loads of dark bodies in the milky way uh because he he couldn't he he worked out this the the fact that the dispersion of stars orbiting the center of the galaxy is it must be off that that, that the mass couldn't just be the visible stars it must be other stuff now that was a, an early it's not quite dark matter as in you couldn't i don't think he's really talking about dark matter there he's just saying that a lot of the stuff we can't see and that could be things like planets and and yeah just dead stars that that, that aren't light enough for him to see anymore so that isn't really dark matter but it, it's it's the first kind of concept of it and it's for, i think it's the first use of the phrase dark matter right okay interesting and, and we, we actually spoke about Jan Oort, of course, when we had our Oort Cloud episode, and his, his mentor, Jacobus Capitain, who both also kind of noted this motion of the stars. Um, but really, the work of dark matter and the term dark matter and the modern concept of it belongs to Fritz Zwicky. Some good names. 1933. So he was an, a Swiss astrophysicist, he inferred the existence of dark matter because he observed the Coma galaxy cluster and found that the visible matter was not enough to account for the gravitational effects he observed. And so he proposed the existence of dunkel materi. materi or dark matter. So it's kind of, yeah. And then, of course, you have the legend who has been a legend of the week on the podcast, and that's Vera Rubin an American astronomer who, uh, with Kent Ford, her collaborator in the 70s, provided further evidence that there must be dark matter. And so really a lot of it is down to the fact that the way that galaxies behave and the way that the universe behaves, that, that there's more matter than we can see. And it's not just the fact that that's, that stuff is like a bit dark in terms of it's not reflecting light. It's not reflecting any light at all. It's not, And it's not interacting in any way, except it is interacting with gravity. Matt, do you ever predict that we will find the answer? Well, this Euclid mission and a, a lots of other missions are trying to sort of put constraints on what the dark matter could be and what it and and once you've got these constraints it's easier to look for something that you know how big it is or how small it is or you know its characteristics you know if you sort of i know there's an animal in the jungle but if you don't know what that animal looks like it's it's quite hard to find it right so i think over the next three or four years we'll have a better idea of what what the constraints are whether it's got legs or arms or something like that (laughs) you know big, big teeth the evidence is is pretty strong for the fact that there are that, that dark matter exists, um, and most of that is um, is things like galaxy rotation curves. So we've talked about that. Stars and galaxies rotate around the gal- the galactic center. In fact, that the whole mass of the ga- the galaxy. This was something that 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 when I had Becky, the great uh, YouTuber, on she was she was the first person that got me sort of understanding this concept of that the whole smearing of mass around of the whole galaxy it's not sort of the galaxy isn't rotating around like this central black hole or anything it's it's kind of rotating around itself like the the whole mass of the galaxy is is that's what it's rotating around it's everything in there so if you took out the central black hole it wouldn't make much difference to the to the the way that the galaxy is rotating But the further away from the center, they should move slower, but they don't. And so you should get um, like a a, a tailing off of the rotation curves, but you don't. You get a flattened rotation curve. Am I right in also saying that it affects the way that light bends in the universe? That's a massive, big one. So, yes, if you look at like big galaxies, and and you know that the gravity itself can bend light. And so you can use gravity gravitational objects even like the sun you can use the sun as a as a way of lensing light and so you can see things much further in in fact it's a concept for space telescopes is that you stick out an object at a place where the focus of the sun's gravitational lens uh, actually brings light into focus and you can put a telescope out there and it can see it you can it can see stuff very very sharply from a very much further than you could with any other space telescope, uh, but of course it has to be pointing in a certain direction and it has to be at a certain point in space. But still, absolutely epic telescope if you could if you could build one. But this gravitational lensing, when you look at other sort of galaxies and galaxy clusters, that you get too much lensing, you get too much lensing effect, so that you know that there's more mass than just the mass that you can see in fact, lots more. Like the mass you can see, like you said, 5% of the mass that you can see is normal matter, baryonic matter. And we'll get onto that in a second. But this dark matter, which is like 26.8 or something like that. So it's a lot more mass. It's not just like a little bit more mass and therefore it could just be an error in the calculations. This is like tons more mass required to cause the lensing so it's it's that's another massive sort of observation but that's not enough that's not enough really to sort of say oh there definitely is dark matter but then there's there's extra ones like the cosmic microwave background which we've talked about before in fact one of my favorite things of the cosmic m- microwave background is baryonic oscillations which which are um, um, yeah, yeah. Which are acoustic, which is this acoustic phenomena, where at the moment that the that the universe re-ionized, it it kind of set the shape of all these galaxy clusters in in stone, so that you can see the these acoustic bubbles written across the universe. But these um, the 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 CMB itself, the afterglow, this the, the the afterglow that you can see after the Big Bang. Uh, you can see tiny fluctuations in the temperature and that is a snapshot of the universe when it was exactly or right there about 380 000 years old so not very old at all you know that's that's like a blink of an eye in terms of the the, the age of the universe um and you can use those fluctuation the patterns in that fluctuation to so, sort of suggest how much matter there must have been in terms of the amount of matter that's now in the universe that there's all that Remember, E equals Mc squared. So that matter was actually energy at one point and they're interchangeable. Uh that's why dark energy actually makes up even more of the mass of the universe, because it's like this huge energy that if you if you swapped its sign round and, and called it mass, then it's 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 most of the mass of the universe. Let me ask you this, Matt. As
0: I'm sitting here now, because dark matter doesn't interact with regular matter, uh-huh. is dark matter Flowing through my
1: face right now. Well, if you take the accepted what most astronomers think dark matter is, then yes, it's literally streaming through us. Yeah, it's it's like you could be you could be just walking through tons and tons of of dark matter, and it just completely doesn't interact with you at all. Isn't what it? Is? It's great if they if they found an element where you could you could sprinkle
0: it and then it shows it sh- the dark shows up the dark matter.
1: Yeah, or 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 they invented a lens, yeah, that you could see it, like a piece of glass, well, the, like a the, camera, the,
0: you know, like in, yeah. pre, in 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 Predator film, yeah, and you could see all. I well, don't know why I needed, I don't know why I needed to say Predator film. Well, I liked it. I, I, I like night vision goggles, <laughs> but I know what you mean. You know what I meant. I know. Did you know that Jean Claude Van Damme got sacked from that movie? I only found that out this week. No, I didn't know that. What Jean Claude Van Damme was supposed to be in Predator. Yeah, they made a suit for him and everything, and then he got fired. Don't know why. That's all I saw. I need to look into it more.
1: I can't imagine him and Arnie getting on that well. Too many muscles. Anyway, the cosmic microwave background, there's there, there's too much energy for, for it just to be just the matter that we can see. So it the, the, the kind of number that springs out of that is pretty much similar to the number that comes out. With this, you know these uh, rotation curves as well. So it's another evidence that there's more more matter that we can't see, and also actually the large scale structure of the universe itself infers oh, distribution of galaxies. Exactly this cosmic yeah. web, which you often see the filaments and the voids, is best explained by the presence of dark matter. And one of the things that dark matter may be just vital for galaxies and and everything to form because all the time this gas is expanding outwards and bashing into stuff it's not affecting the dark matter so maybe dark matter can ignore all that kind of wind if you like from all this expanding gas and actually collapse in on itself for under its own gravity so little sort of dense areas of dark matter can start collapsing and then other matter normal matter can be attracted to that gravitational pull and start actually creating um, clusters of galaxies. You know, it's it's like, it's, it's vitally important to how you even get galaxies forming. So, wow. uh, and, and even not just galaxies rotating, but galaxy clusters rotating as well, these galaxies that are in orbit with each other, in the same way that Andromeda and the Milky Way do this dance. You can only really explain that dance and the speed if there's more, way more mass, and that, again, is dark matter. But the real slam-dunk piece of evidence is the bullet cluster. Have you heard about this one? I've heard I of the think bullet cluster. We, we've covered it on the pair, pair of, of colliding galaxies, right? Yeah, exactly. So these two galaxies have collided, uh, and the visible matter in the cluster, it, which is basically all the hot gas... Is being slowed down by that collision, so you can you can see all the sort of gas bashing into each other and 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 spreading out. But the gravitational mass is not slowing down. Exactly. So you've got this other mass that seems to be invisible that's still doing all this gravitational lensing of the things behind this galaxy. Mm -hmm. So that would suggest a presence of guess what, Matt? Exactly. Dark matter. Yes. It's pretty compelling, it, isn't it? It is quite compelling, yes. Yeah. So all of those to get all of those things together actually give you this kind of story of dark matter that there is there is something there that's not made out of the normal stuff. Mm. So just so you know, like the, the normal matter is made from baryonic matter. Right. So baryonic and non-baryonic. So dark matter is non-baryonic. So do you know what a baryonic thing is? Um, no. Go on. I mean, I, I can un- I can understand why you said that, but go on. So baryonic matter is is all is all matter composed of baryons, and baryons are particles made up of three quarks. So quarks are these little building blocks, the elementary particles of of normal matter. So the familiar baryons that we talk about mostly are protons and neutrons, right? And that they make up the atomic nuclei of all matter. It's got protons and neutrons in the centre, right? Hydrogen's normally got one proton. Sometimes it's got a proton and neutron. And sometimes it's got a proton and two neutrons, depending on the type of hydrogen that it is. You've got these different isotopes of hydrogen. But they are the, the, the atomic nuclei of every single atom that, that is there, right? And that's Every star, every planet, every living being is made from baryonic matter. Right? These protons and neutrons that are built up from quarks. But non-baryonic matter are things like electrons and neutrinos and things like that, which don't have the which aren't made from quarks. Now we know about electrons and neutrinos because they interact with electromagnetic um, forces. Well, obviously, electrons do, right? Because it would be weird if it was called electromagnetism if electrons didn't interact with it. Uh, But so do photons, obviously. Um, You wouldn't be able to watch television if if, uh, electromagnetism didn't affect photons. You're welcome, Netflix. There may be non-baryonic matter that doesn't interact with the electromagnetic force. So there's a few reasons... Uh, why scientists think that dark matter is non-baryonic, and that it goes back to this CMB, the afterglow of the Big Bang, so like the snapshot of the universe at the 380,000 years that picture if you take the kind of scientific reasoning behind why it ends up like that and looking like that, it infers this non-baryonic makeup of 26.8% which is this dark matter component right, so there's that suggestion there's the big bang nucleosynthesis as well and so that's how the theory of the production of all the light elements hydrogen helium and lithium in the early universe and the abundance of those elements agrees with the prediction of this big bang nucleosynthesis but only if the amount of barrier baryonic matter in the universe is about five percent of the total energy content so if it was more than that, which we see in terms of the mass of galaxies and stuff, then then Big Bang nucleosynthesis just doesn't work. The theory breaks down. So it's 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 like there's another reason to assume that dark matter itself cannot be baryonic because it would ruin that formula. Something that kind of works so neatly and such a a neat piece of maths that it's like it's it's, it's a quite compelling. And the stru- and the structure of the Way that the galaxies and clusters of galaxies form over time suggests that dark matter is non-baryonic as well. And those reasons are probably a little bit beyond me to explain. But there's lots of reasons why they think it's uh, non-baryonic. There are a few things that this dark matter could be. Right. So you have these are my favourite named particles. No one's ever seen one of these, by the way. But there's a, a class of particle that could exist called WIMPs. Weakly Interacting Massive Particles. Yep. It's such a great name, isn't it? You're a WIMP. So they're like massive particles, but they barely interact with anything except gravity. Kind of words So they are the leading candidate for dark matter, really. So they're hypothetical. They don't barely interact with normal matter, but they, but they have mass. They're massive, in other words. They're huge, massive particles that don't interact, and and that you know there's lots of experiments out there to try and detect these things. Now axions again are a hypothetical particle, uh, and they are super light and don't interact with ordinary matter because they're so light, and the, and people are trying to detect axions. Then there's the sterile neutrinos. So neutrinos are made up of lots of different. Flavors, well, three flavors at the moment that they know of that are confirmed neutrinos, but there could caramel. be this, yeah, salted caramel, um, dark, dark Pistach- pistachio, pistachio, pistachio. That's it. You've got yeah. So there, there, uh, but there could be this fourth or fifth type of neutrino called a sterile neutrino that mm. just uh, only interacts with gravity rather than the other types that do actually interact with um, with the electromagnetic force. Mm. But then we start to get into really cool um, in, uh, things that it could be. So primordial black holes. Do you remember talking about those, Jamie? I do vaguely remember, yeah. Formed uh, in the early universe. Um, could make oh. up some or all of the dark matter. Right at the beginning of the at the early universe, you had this incredibly dense uh, universe. And there would have been areas where it got so dense in tiny little pockets that you'd have created these tiny little black holes. In other words, it's so dense space time collapses and, and you just get these little tiny black holes, but they're tiny little black holes, primordial black holes of which there could be, you know, just billions upon billions. And of course they're very, very heavy and they actually could be making up what we see as dark matter. They, they could be, you know, evenly spread through throughout the galaxy. And, and that's what's causing the effect. However, Observations have put really strict limits on on w- what that dark matter and primordial black holes can account for, right? So it's 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 that uh, the the window for primordial black holes being dark matter is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So people are getting less and less interested in that as the answer, but it hasn't been ruled out. And then you get you get different types of dark matter like self interacting. Uh, so, dark matter that interacts with itself, not just via gravity, but also through a dark force that we don't understand. So, not dark energy, yet another dark force, a new dark force, an NDF.
0: I was just about to say, that's the next Star Wars title
1: done, isn't it? A new dark force, yeah. Easy. The new dark force awakened. And there's others, warm dark matter, hot dark matter, all these kind of things. But none of these really... Um, Account for all of the different things that we see. You know, the cosmic background uh, radiation, the Big Bang nuclear synthesis, the bullet cluster, all those. uh, You know, gravity rotations. All of those things are much neatly, much more neatly described by um, dark matter being an an actual particle, an actual type of matter, rather than things like black holes. There's a whole bunch of other theories and we've talked about one of them before which is mond which is modified i remember mond mond yeah mond yeah, modified newtonian dynamics and this is a guy called Mordehai milgram 1983 and he basically said that gravity may be at low accelerations gravity just behaves differently right it's it's just different at low accelerations uh and that in itself, would explain this flat rotation curve of, of galaxies. In other words, you don't need any more matter for galaxies to work if gravity changes depending on its acceleration rate. The, the problem with it, of course, is it doesn't explain things like the cosmic microwave background at all. You know, It, it has nothing to say about that. Uh, then you get this tensor vector scalar gravity. Which is Tevez. Yeah, Tevez, which is basically MOND. Which has had a sort of relativistic generalization made about it. And that actually explains some of the gravitational ob- observations, but it still doesn't uh, explain cosmic microwave background or large scale structures of the universe. Uh, then there's this thing called F brackets big R, close brackets, gravity. Okay. Einstein Hilbert action in general relativity is replaced by a function of the Rishi scalar curvature. Or the Ricci scalar curvature, okay, uh, which let's face it is some piece of obscure maths that does explain the accelerated expansion of the universe without the need for dark energy, and can explain galaxy rotation curves without dark matter. So that's a couple of like things that are like whoa, that's pretty cool, but it doesn't explain the other things that we see entropic gravity. Have you ever heard about that? Oh, what? Eric Verlinde? He's probably Dutch,
0: probably, isn't he? A theory that suggests that gravity is not a fundamental force, but an emergent phenomenon arising from the thermodynamics of
1: quantum information. I mean, it sounds like something I would write. <laughs> it is. I, I remember you talking about the third uh, thermodynamics of quantum information before, and, and we were both sort of sitting there going, weren't we? We were sort of saying... Well, that would suggest that, that gravity is more of a sort of emergent property of that rather than a sort of fundamental force. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, if I ever feel lonely because I'm only five foot seven
0: and a half, I just shout that sentence from my rooftop and women literally flock.
1: <laughs> but it does explain ex- uh, all the effects of dark matter, uh, but but it also does uh, rewrite most of physics. <laughs> So it's not 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 necessarily the neatest of of uh, things. Well,
0: what about if I threw this one at you, Matt? Well, Conformal gravity. Hmm. What do you know about
1: well, that? Well, is that something to do with breaking scale invariance? Mm-hmm. And that can explain these flat rotation curves, but it, again, I don't think it explains cosmic microwave background. Mm. So there's, there's lots of other there's lots of other things that it could be. But it, but still, majority of physicists and astronomers believe in the existence of actual dark matter rather than strange ways of dealing with gravity. In other words, messing with general relativity and and uh, Newtonian physics as well, just messing with those and saying we need to mod if you modify them differently then you get this but often that doesn't explain things like large scale structures of the universe and stuff like that so dark matter i think is is here to stay i think um it yeah and it, it is embarrassing isn't it? it 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 is embarrassing for for astronomers in a way because the composition of the universe 75% hydrogen 23% helium 2% all the other elements uh, which which astronomers call metals for some reason, um, that's just the baryonic matter. So it, we, we sort of say, oh, 75% is hydrogen. Well, it's, it's not because that, that's 75% of the 5% that we know of. But we know that dark matter 26.8% and dark energy – which is in the form of energy rather the than matter. A other podcast. It's pretty much most of yeah, and dark energy is pretty much most of the universe. It's 68.2% and we don't know anything about it or anything about dark matter. Yet we understand the universe like a lot, but we but we don't know what it is. So put that into perspective. So if if we were talking about the human body, all astronomers really know about is your hand. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. The rest of your body would represent the dark matter and dark energy in the in the whole system. It's it's pretty crazy, isn't it? And um, yeah, there is. We started off with a popular popular culture kind of reference from Matt Haig, was it? So it was Matt Haig, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it comes up quite a lot. There's even mm. I'll tell you what, Blake yeah. Crouch.
0: Now he's he's a big player in dark matter. Well, he wrote a book called Dark Matter, didn't he? Well, there you go.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, he's he on
0: the basis of which film do you think, Matt?
1: Interstellar. Was it? Did
0: it? Did it influence I Interstellar? I yeah. wonder if it did. Yeah, that that. But uh yeah, Mysteri- but, where the mysterious wormhole enables interstellar travel. What was the theme tune? What was the Zimmer theme tune?
1: I don't know.
0: I was I about can't. to sing Tubular Bells, and it's not that.
1: No, <laughs> no, that that's The Exorcist. Do do do. Which, as far as I work, wa- was was talking about a very dark matter but not dark matter there was lots of dark energy in that film hmm. and of course star trek uses dark matter doctor who futurama yeah and in fact i think in futurama don't they use dark matter as the fuel that's right for space travel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah here we go and what
0: about what about computer games matt dark matter um is it often used as a powerful weapon or a serious force for example in the mass effect series dark matter plays a huge role in the storyline um so the, all but all the technology in the in the universe is dark matter
1: during my euclid um uh visit um of course the old podcast friend and uh, interviewee mark mccochran was there and he's a he's a, he's a fellow Brit out there doing a lot of the kind of science stuff but we've got quite a few rock and roll mutual friends and one of his rock and roll friends is uh is the is the guys out of Porcupine Tree and they have a song called dark matter and i wonder if they i wonder if they got friends with Mark McCochran because they they wanted to uh make sure that they were getting their facts right about dark matter dark matter
0: let's just have a little look at the
1: lyrics would you like some Matt? I mean, I'm,
0: I'll just read a little selection. Go on then, hit me. Inside hit. the vehicle, the cold is extreme. Smoke in my throat kicks me out of my dream. I try to relax, but it's warmer outside. I fail to connect. It's a tragic divide. And then the chorus is, Crushed like a rose in the river flow, I am,
1: I know, I am, I know. Mmm. Doesn't seem like it is much about dark matter, but I quite like it, I, dark matter. Now Jamie. Yeah, talking of Euclid, there are like lots of space missions, a lot of them European actually, that um are out there trying to detect what um dark matter is. You know, or you know, trying to get these wimps and things to actually show up. So of course the Plank te- uh, the Planck satellite which is what really got this super accurate picture of the cosmic microwave background. You know, obviously one of the most important indirect evidence for dark matter. you got the Fermi uh, Gamma-ray Space Telescope, NASA's Fermi, which, which uh, again looks at the gamma-ray sky and uh, uh, it's not detected dark matter, but it's put some important constraints on what dark matter particles could be and their properties. Uh, there's a thing on the on the outside of the International Space Station. They stuck an Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer, or AMSO two, and that's trying to uh, measure cosmic rays and trying to see if there's any signals of dark matter annihilation or decay within that device that's stuck on the outside.
0: Well, what about what about DAMPE by in in China, Matt? Dark Matter Particle Explorer, launched in 2015? Uh it's a, a space-based observatory that aims to detect high-energy
1: cosmic rays, gamma rays, and possibly signals of dark matter. So that yeah, that sounds pretty similar to the um to the AMS-02, doesn't it? Damp does. Damp with an E on the end of oh, it. Yeah. Euclid space mission, of course, that's the one that's just launched. And the whole idea of that is to is to take a map of a third of the universe and 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 that from that you get the geometry of the universe, hence Euclid. And you're then from that geometry, you you can start to really hone down on some of the constraints: what dark energy does, what what dark matter does, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Euclid is hyper important. And there's so, get this: there's so much data coming off that mission that it's highly likely that if you're a data scientist for the next ten years virtually every data scientist in the entire world will have some involvement with the data from the euclid mission I'm mad it is literally ridiculous how much data that thing is. well i mean if you think about it a map of a third of the universe not just in sort of position but in time as well so a temporal 3d map of the universe a third of the universe that's a very big and detailed map flown from the very same place as the euclid mission where i actually did the broadcast from from the actual room that they fly it and i was in with a guy called tim who's one of my favorite people i've ever met he was a lovely guy he was another brit flying he found me he got me a cup of tea because i moaned that that i couldn't find any tea bags and so he got me a cup of tea in the middle of the program
0: (laughs) does sound like something (laughs) Uh, you moan about
1: yeah I, i was and um he got me a cup of tea but he actually was flying in the background you could see him and he was flying XMM Newton as one of the things that he was flying a, a, along with Gaia as, as well. well on. I know. Uh and of course that's studying a hot gas uh and and that you know that that is really important uh, in terms of probing dark matter because that's where you see things like the bullet cluster that and the chandra x-ray observatory have been incredibly useful and on our very first episode i think we talked about lisa pathfinder which was that was the first one i presume i I think it was yeah and uh, lisa itself which will be another big mission coming up lisa pathfinder was a kind of thing to see if it would work is a basically a space-based gravitational wave detector and that might detect certain types of dark matter so incredible that we live in the golden age of astronomy and cosmology, yet we just don't know what most of the universe is <laughs> still. Don't worry. We
0: will. Just give it maybe a few thousand years. And yeah. our ancestors
1: will. I'll, I'm going to leave you with a little thought. Dark matter is like the wind. We can't see it, but we can see its effects. And, and its unseen touch shapes the universe in which we sail. She's got a bit of dust in my eye. (laughs) Is it dust, Jamie?
0: That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely beautiful. When you said dark matter is like the wind, Mm -hmm. who's the first face you think I thought of when you
1: said that? The guy out of Blade Runner?
0: Patrick Swayze, Dirty Dancing, (laughs) 1985.
1: Not Rudka Howard, then? She's like the wind. Dark matter's like the wind. Beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Maybe the could... only song he did. No, he did a lot of songs, but I think that's probably his only big hit. It's a good one.
0: Well, I absolutely, R-O-R-P. I am um, RIP. I absolutely love that. I want to now delve into the wormhole of the internet and learn more about dark matter.
1: <laughs> uh, but next, we got to do dark energy. We have to do dark energy. We have to do dark energy. I, I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's more difficult. difficult. Yeah, for you, maybe. Uh, but but to wrap this one up, Jamie. A thanks very much to all the patrons who've been super patient waiting for this podcast to come out, and uh, I hope you I hope you saw me on um, on the on the ESA broadcast, and, and in fact, it was on NASA TV as well. So I hope you saw that because uh, you you know you uh, you helped you helped me get out there and do that show. So uh, your patron support is absolutely awesome. So thank you very much, and uh, Jamie. Hmm. Do you want me to finish off with a haiku? Yeah, go on. I've given you a limerick. Now I'm going to give you a haiku to finish off. Dark depths, mystery, dancing dreams, discovery, dark matter, destiny. Well, the weird thing is, is that when you were saying all of that, I could almost feel the dark matter flowing through me. It was like I'd become one with the force. Can you imagine if you if you suddenly managed to control dark matter? Like you, you suddenly had the ability to do it. And you could throw like snowballs of dark matter at people.
0: Well, do you remember that film? Yeah, was yeah. it Do you remember that awful film
1: called The Last Airbender? Oh my maybe God. I could be the maybe I could be the last dark matter bender. <laughs> I wonder if the UK had the worst viewing figures, because of course the word bender is like it's it's not that great, is it in the UK? No, a bit of a slur. It is a bit of a slur, so it's it just feels wrong when people are calling each other benders in the film. It's not quite right. Gary like quite called cool, a dark matter bender. You can call, call me that all day. Jamie, you're a dark matter bender. Well have a great weekend, everyone. And you have a great weekend, Jamie. Bye bye, smart. See you soon, bye.